Praise the Lord. Woo. Well, what a good God. Amen. We have um, uh, got some uh, things stirring in my heart for today. And um, we're going to actually come out of Luke chapter 6, which actually ended up being a part of our reading for this last week. So hopefully everybody's you know, had the time to read through some of that. And uh, Luke 6 is where we're going to go, where we're at least going to start today. Amen. Praise God. Luke 6. Yeah, I should get there, huh? Well, y'all excited? You got an ear to hear today? All right. Now, um, I know today, uh, you know, anytime you kind of dive into the Word and certain things, there's, you know, it's always a, you know, it's, it's meant to be a word for all. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a word uh, for a corporate body. And last week it was kind of a word like that. It was kind of made for the corporate body, amen, to, you know, to, uh, to rise up and, and, and be all you're called to be and, and uh, to, to, to make an, a dent in our society, amen, to be the light, the salt, amen, to be the difference maker we're called to be. And it was probably more uh, corporate. Uh, but today is not just a corporate word. Today is a, a word for us as individuals, and hopefully we, we receive it that way. My heart is that um, you receive it for yourself and not for the guy next to you. Amen? Sometimes we can hear a word and, and we're, we call to mind somebody that might be sitting in the room or, or somebody that didn't come today or some kind of thing, and we think, man, they should, I sure hope they're listening. No, I'm hoping all of you are listening. Amen? Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, I really need this today. We'll just kind of set the stage right there. Praise God. And uh, so uh, we're going to start in verse 46. Amen. Of course, this is Jesus talking. And he says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Uh, in other words, uh, you know, the word here, Lord, is, just means supreme one or supreme in authority, uh, supremacy, master, uh, you know. So he says, why are you calling me supreme? Why are you calling me the authority or the master, amen, and, and have a casual approach to what I'm saying? So in other words, if I'm really Lord, if I'm really, you know, the supreme one in your life, then, you know, give heed to, uh, to what I'm saying, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, give heed to it. You know, how many know that his word... You know, his sayings, you know, uh, the word here, um, sayings, in fact, you're going to see it here, in the, you know, coming up again, uh, but uh, a lot of times the word logos, which just means a word uttered, a word spoke, um, uh, you know, for the most part, um, you know, this, this word that you have uh, in hand here, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me, I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, Amen. The Bible, praise God, is a word that was an inspired word. Uh, it was a God-breathed word. It was logos, uh, but then it was recorded for you and me. Amen. 
so we could have a hold of it. And the idea is that we, we get a hold of this word uh, enough that it becomes a revelatory word or something that's revealed, something that opens up to us, uh, which uh, the word then would be uh, the rhema word, amen, which is another uh, Greek word for the word word, W-O-R-D, amen. And the idea is that we want you know, everything to become a revelatory word, a word that's revealed to us, a personal word, praise God. But it all starts with a word that's been spoken, uttered, amen, or God breathed, praise God. And so he's talking here, uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to you right now. I'm talking things to you. I'm, I'm saying things to you. And, and you're all calling me Lord. You're all saying I'm, I'm, I'm your Lord. You're all calling me the Supreme One. Uh, but, I, but I can't figure out why you won't kind of give heed to some things I say. Because if, if I'm really Lord, it should be important to you. Smile real big at your neighbor. See, see, I knew you were supposed to be here today. That was weak. Yeah, you're all nervous now. I got you all nervous now. Amen. So you think he's going to be meddling today. Well, you know, we might a little bit, but not a whole lot. It's just, it's just simple things, you know. Uh, you know, we deal with things every day in our life, and uh, sometimes we got... You know, little things that go on, and sometimes just everyday things that go on. Uh, sometimes it's those big storms that roll in, and it happens, you know. Uh, now, we don't, we don't call them in. We're not, we're not praying for them, praise you, the Lord. Uh, but sometimes they just happen, you know. Sometimes things happen. And so uh, you have to understand that what he's talking about here, he's not just trying to chew everybody out because you're not listening. He's trying to give you understanding if you know uh, why I'm saying what I'm saying, and you give heed to why I'm saying what I'm saying, he says you might, you might be able to roll through this storm okay. But if you're not going to ever give heed to anything, all of a sudden these storms hit, and you're not prepared, you're not ready, and next thing you know, you're mowed over. Now, nobody wants to get run over by the bus, and especially, you know, you, you know not only do you not want to get mowed over by a bus, but you don't want that sucker backing up and hitting you again. Now, some folks, it just seems like it's, it's just a, you know, it's like somehow they're getting off on it or something. I don't know. I don't understand it, you know. Uh, we just get hit and get hit and get hit, and, and uh, it's not fun. It's not funny. I'm not even trying to be funny with it. It's just, it's just the way it is sometimes. And so Jesus is just trying to say, listen, you, 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 you're saying I'm your Lord. You're saying I'm your master. You're saying I'm, I'm that supreme one in your life, the one that you're, you're willing to uh, you know, to give your life to. So he said, all I'm asking is, then give heed to some things I say. Let me help you here. Let me walk you through some things. Amen. And so he says, uh, you know, for uh, let's read it again, verse 46. But why do you call me? Why do you call me? Look at your name and say, you bees you. You bees you. That's you. Okay, that's personal. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things, everybody say things, because there's always things, not do the things which I say, all right? Verse 47, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. And we're going to come back to verse 47 in a second. He is like a man, so he's, he's defining who he is. Now, Matthew 7's account brings us out, and he, talks, he makes the difference, or, the, or probably the distinction between the wise and the foolish, Okay? Uh, but Luke's account doesn't necessarily bring that out. He is like a man building a house, all right, who dug deep 
and laid a foundation on the rock. Everybody say a foundation. Because this, this is the idea here, okay? We're digging deep and we're laying a foundation on the rock. Amen. And when the flood arose, I think it's Matthew's account said, the rains begin to, to pour down, right? And then the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently, which is a big word to say it's, it's, knocking, it's knocking you around a little bit. Come on. Uh, this storm is vehemently, amen, beating on your house, amen, against that house, and it could not shake it. Why? For it was founded on the rock. Everybody say founded on the rock. Now, the idea is to get founded on the rock. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Say, see, I told you it was good to be here. Praise the Lord. Verse 49 says, but he who heard and did nothing. Is like the man who built a house on the earth without a foundation. And again, here come the here come the you know the 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 rains. Here comes the floods. Here comes the stream. Right, and it's beating against that house vehemently. It says, and it said immediately it fell. Immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Hmm. I'm gonna throw a statement at you. Hopefully it. It, it, it gets kind of lodged in there somewhere. Our lives, the lives that we live, how we live it, how we conduct it, the lives that we live are shaped more by our decisions than by our conditions. A lot of times we want to say it's all based on our conditions. No, it's based on what you do with that condition, what you do in the midst of that condition, or what you do as a result of it or prior to it or to, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, it's the decisions that we make every day that determine how we're going to live life and conduct life. Still with me? I'm not boring you today, am I? Because I wouldn't want to bore you. Amen. But we got some things to get a hold of here. All right. So... Here we go. This is what you find out in these texts, okay, in both Matthew's account and, and Luke's account, that both individuals here both heard. Okay? They both heard. So in other words, neither one of them had an excuse here. Both heard. They both built a house. There was two houses built. All right? They both, they both uh, had a storm. And probably in all honesty, it's probably the same storm talking here, same storm manifesting. So both heard, both had a house, built a house, both had a storm. Uh, now one did something and one did not. That's where it starts changing. So one did what, he, what, what they heard and one did not do what they heard. One then was founded on the rock and one was not. Right? Am I... We're not reading anything into it. That's what we, what we read here. All right. And we see the other thing then that one stood in the midst of the storm and one did not. You still here? You still with me? So didn't read nothing else into it. That's, that's what we find out in this text, in both this text and Matthew 7's text. Okay. Um, so uh, they, they both heard. Okay. So we can't turn around and say that we didn't hear because we did hear. Um, you know, uh, we both are called to be ab about the master's business. In this case, he's referring to building something, building towards something, building a house. We could even use in reference, we could say we're all, we're all called to run a race in this, this life of faith. Amen? 
We're all called to put our hands towards something, praise God. Amen? And uh, uh, we're all, uh, all going to experience moments here that we're not really thrilled about. It happens. Now, we're not, again, we're not praying for it. We're not putting our faith toward, you know, a storm. But you have to understand we have an enemy. And anytime you make a decision that you're going to move forward in God, you're going to have some pressure. You're going to have some kind of, you know, some kind of rain coming down, so to speak. Come on, somebody. And uh, some kind of thing that's going on and something beating at the house and or beating on the house, I should say. And uh, you're going to have times where uh, you, you might even have a moment or two in there. You're wondering whether, whether you're going to go downstream with it or not. Am I right? All right. So it's there. Now, the only difference between the two individuals here is that one did something with what they heard and one did not. And then it changed the whole story. So it's just doing something. Jesus said, do the things I say, the things I'm talking to you about. Now, we might, we might say, well, Man, I mean, I got to do the whole Bible, and I got to do the whole Word. I mean, there ain't no way. I mean, man, I can't do all that. It's like, are you nuts? I, I mean, I barely know a verse. He's not really asking you to do the whole Bible in this text. He's asking you to do the little things he's talking to you about. Because... You know, I have a lot of people say, you know, I, I know I shouldn't say this, but, well, see, you know you shouldn't say that. See, you do know, and you choose, you chose to not follow what you knew to do. I know I shouldn't be thinking this, but, Right? See, the thing is that we know because we, we already have some convictions on the inside. We've already had some things that we've heard. Amen. Yes, we have heard it uh, being taught or preached or, or, or we might have stopped and read something. The Word showed us something came alive in us. And so the Spirit of God began to talk to us personally about things. He might have said, you know, guard your words. That went over like a lead balloon. Amen. He might have said, you know, guard those things you're saying. And you say, well, I know I should, but, right? You know what I'm talking about? You know, there are times the Spirit of God says, go ye. And times He says, stop ye. Right? Listen, there are times he, He'll say, say ye. And then there are times He'll say, hush ye. That's true. There are times He'll say, He'll say, Forgive ye. <laughs> there are times he'll say, release it. Let it go. And I've had people a lot of times say, you know, the Spirit of God's talking to me about this, but. See, the thing is, see, you already know. You've already heard. You already have on the inside knowing what you should do. All God's asking you to do is do the things he's talking to you about. And hopefully it all lines up with the book, because, I mean, if it's God talking to you, it should line up with the book somewhere in there. Come on. 
That's oh yeah. Come on, right? But the bottom line is, see, the Spirit of God might be talking. There might be times the Spirit of God's talking to you about you coming out of your comfort zone in something. And, you know, that's never fun for anybody, but, but at the same hand, the Spirit of God's talking to you about it, and all He's asking you to do is follow it. Do it. Are you still with me? Now, why is that so important? Because you got a storm rolling in. Huh? You got a storm rolling in. Now, you don't know when it's going to hit. I mean, it's central Oregon. I mean, my goodness. I mean, one minute the sun's out, we're going, whoa, get on the bikes, let's go. About three minutes into it, we're going, whoa, get back home quick. Right? I mean, that's how this stuff works, you know. We don't know when all this stuff rolling in. All I know and all you know and all we know by the story is one had a foundation and one did not. And the foundation was determined by doing the things that he had said to them or not doing the things he had said to them. A foundation, you know, there's all kinds. I mean, we could, you know, there's stem walls. Some that might be just poured, you know, they lay it all out and then they pour it all at one continuous pour and that happens but you know where I grew up it was it was mostly uh, you know it was brick and mortar mostly and then of course there's a lot of that out here too and there's other things all kinds of different ways now they got all kinds of different things now that uh, they use for uh, building materials and how they do it and and how they pour it and all that kind of stuff and I get that but but let's just for the sake of the of the message today we're going to talk like like brick and mortar okay Brick upon brick, layer upon layer, uh, you know, uh, you know, things done, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept, grace upon grace. Everything is 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 done in steps. And uh, you have to understand what he's talking about here. Again, is he's not trying to ball you out because you're not listening. He says, listen. There's something out there brewing. Let's get the foundation set. Because if there is no foundation, when the storm hits, there's a good chance you won't remain standing. So we have to get a foundation laid. So it's brick upon brick, layer upon layer. So you say, well, what's all that mean? Well... You know, uh, has anybody ever worked with, uh, you know, cement crews or anything like that or laid, laid footings or foundations? Uh, anybody done that? Okay, you got some over here. Anybody else? A few here, a few of you here. Amen. Um, you know, um, I, I grew up in the Midwest, and uh, one of my families, one of my family cousins, they're all boys. They were just a big, huge, massive family. And uh, they, all, they all ran, they were all involved in a, uh, you know, a, a cement company where they, uh, I, should, I should rephrase that, uh, involved in laying brick, okay? So they're all kinds, fancy stuff to footings and foundations, all that kind of stuff, okay? Anyway, brick masons, there we go, that's the word I was looking for, thank you very much. So brick masons, and uh, they were very good at it. And uh, so uh, there were times, because I was a cousin, uh, there were times when, uh, you know, I'd get a call and say, hey, you, you got some free time. 
uh, you got something, you know, we, get, we could use a little help with this job over here. No problem. So we get over there, and of course, I was, uh, I was dumb as a stump when it came time to brick and mortar. So I got the job of carrying brick. Because that's what the dumb ones do. They carry the bricks, I guess. I don't know. I don't. Anyway, uh, I better watch that because you might be a, a brick carrier. Anyway, um, anyway, I was a brick carrier. Okay, that's about as much as they, they, they allowed me to do. Anyway, so anyway, I'm carrying brick. And I do realize that even though I might be carrying quite a few at a time, they're only laying one at a time. Now, they may be good at it. They may be fast at it. There may be several of them doing it. But there's still each individual is laying one brick at a time, brick and mortar. And it's no different than your life and my life. It's one at a time. And so we have to understand that the things that he's talking to you about is important. We might look at the scheme of the whole house being built and say, pfft, What's one brick? <laughs> Who needs all them bricks anyway? Well, after a storm rolls in, you're thinking to yourself, bricks are important. Come on, somebody. So it's important. So everything that we do is like laying a brick and some more mortar. Everything that we do that he talks to us about. Now, you still with me? So let's just real quick, I'm going to throw some things at you real quick, okay? Here we go. How about steps of faith? Spirit of God might be talking to you about taking a step of faith on something. Believing Him concerning something. Taking a verse. Standing on it. Making a declaration of faith. He could be talking to you about that. Well, yeah, I'll get to it. No, 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 no. It's brick and mortar, baby. Brick and mortar. So you might see it as not important, but one day it's going to be very important. Okay? How about moments of trust and confidence? Taking confidence in Him, putting trust in Him when He tells you, walk in love anyway. Oh, yeah, right. If you knew that person like I knew that person, you wouldn't ask me to walk in love with them. Come on now. Well, the Spirit of God's talking to you about it. So how about walk in love anyway? It's putting brick and mortar. Everybody say brick and mortar. How about resisting the enemy in certain things? The Spirit of God starts talking about resisting something or, or resisting a temptation. And that temptation staring you in the face, and the Spirit of God might start talking to you about, okay, you need it right here. This is not where you sit and meditate on it, but you move forward. And get involved in something else. Am I right? He might be talking to you about that. He could be talking to you about what you're meditating on, the thoughts that you're thinking. The words he's casting down those vain imaginations and taking every thought captive. Sometimes he's just talking to you about stop meditating on that. And you think, well, it's, it's all just happening, you know, in my head. Nobody else. I mean, this doesn't affect nobody else. Well, it might if your house is going downstream. It might affect everybody in your household. It might affect the people down the stream. And all the time he's talking to you about what you're thinking and what you're meditating on. And, and yet we, we don't give heed to it 
We don't cast that down. We don't take captive that thought. And the next thing you know, it's dictating our life. And here comes the storm. How about, uh, how about the emotions and feelings? Now, how many know God gave you emotions? God gave you feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Well, anyway, feelings and emotions. God gave them to us, but God never intended for you to be led by your emotions or led by your feelings. And we're not denying the existence of them, and we're not even denying that they're being affected right now based on something that happened, somebody did or didn't or whatever. The point is this, when the Spirit of God begins to talk to you about your emotions and your feelings and getting them in check, brick and mortar, baby, brick and mortar. So you take authority over those emotions. You take authority over those feelings. And say, I ain't moved by how I feel right now. I'm not moved by my emotions right now. Look at your neighbor and say, it is a good thing. I came today. <laughs> Brick and mortar. How about insecurity? How about fear? How about worry? Spirit of God begins to talk to you about those kind of things. Lay that down. Release that. Let it go. Don't yield to that. Listen, it's brick and mortar. We're looking at it saying, well, it's, you know, it's, you know. <laughs> brick and mortar. Because down the road, you're going to wish you had that brick in there. You're going to wish there was mortar. See, it's just simple things. It's the things he talks to us about. You know, we, we hear this and, you know, the sayings, and we instantly start thinking, you know, Move ye to Timbuktu. Durst thou knowest, you are calleth, to doeth, greatest thingeth. Now, you probably are. Maybe not Timbuktu, but the point is this. It ain't about these massive, great callings someday that, or massive things that God's talking to you about. It's the little things. It's the everyday things that determine the brick and mortar. It's when God talks to you about the little things. Still with me? All right. How about when the Spirit of God deals with you? I've kind of touched on it briefly, but what if He deals with you about speaking life and not death over certain things? About speaking the blessing and not the curse? I mean, sometimes, you know, that's all it is. It's just learning to just say, you know what? Um, I don't understand all this, but I just know I can't be talking that way anymore. I just can't, I just can't say that anymore. You know, after a while, pretty soon, it isn't as hard. Pretty soon, you get disciplined, and it's not so hard. And, and I don't understand. I, I get convicted when I say something that is filled with doubt and unbelief. 
I get convicted. And I got to go back and I got to make it right with myself and with the Lord. Or if, I, if I'm talking to somebody, I try to make it right with them because of conviction. But not everybody feels that way. That's fine. That's between them and the Lord. But, but when the Spirit of God does talk to you about your words, are you doing what He's asked you to do? See, brick and mortar. Brick and mortar. Somebody says, well, gosh, if I don't talk that, what am I going to talk? The ministry of silence, baby. The ministry of silence. It works. Sometimes it might save your neck. The ministry of silence might actually put the last brick in the foundation that keeps your house standing when everybody else is going downstream. And all you did was shut thy mouth. All right. <laughs> so when the storms roll in, are you ready? Let's go back up here to verse 47. We should probably get to the word, right? Verse 47. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he's like. Of course, he's like that wise man that built, amen, the house and dug deep and laid the foundation, right? That's what we want. So whoever comes to me, whoever hears my sayings and who does them, three key components here, hearing or pardon me, going unto him, hearing him, and doing what he says. Got it? All right. So he says, those that come to me, whoever. Everybody say whoever. whoever. So this works for whoever. whoever. This works for whoever. whoever. I don't care how, how long you've been saved. This will work for whoever. All right. Whoever comes. In other words, who draws near to him. What happens when you draw near to him? What happens when you draw near to him? That doesn't say only for key people. It says, whoever will draw near to him, amen, he'll draw near to. So just make movement toward him. As you move toward him, what happens? He makes movement towards you. Now, the point being here is this is all these things we've been talking about over the last couple months. It's taking the time to become intimate with God so where you are in a, pl a place and a position to where God can breathe into you. Because this is where it starts. A lot of folks just skip it. I don't understand that, okay, I don't understand that, not just because I'm a preacher. Uh, these were things that were working in me before, I, before anybody let me behind their pulpit. Because I think if, if we're going to do this thing, we might as well talk to the one that's trying to lead us and show us and guide us. I mean, it would make sense, right? You know, I got married to this woman, and um, I'm grateful I did, amen? And uh, so uh, I made a decision, uh, she's mine. Nobody else can have her. I just made that decision. I was a freshman in high school. She walked in the room. I said, and I'm a very determined individual. Chased her for two years. It was work. She made me earn it. Yep, she was worth it. I thought so too. And so uh, chased her, and uh, finally, a couple years later, she decided, you know what? All right, here's the guidelines. Like, ooh, hallelujah. I didn't care. Give me guidelines. That's all good. 
I'm cool with that. Okay. Now the point is this, okay? Because there is a point to all this. One day we made the decision, let's get married. And um, that required some things, didn't it? Prior, during, and even after if I want this marriage to work. It requires intimacy. It requires communication. It requires things. Come on, somebody. See, it requires me to talk to her and find out her needs, her to talk to me to find out my needs. Come on, somebody. Am I right? The point is this. A marriage ain't going to succeed unless there's some kind of intimacy and communication. Am I right? Why do you call me? See, it's like this. I could say, why do you call me husband? And do not do the things I say. She said it. I didn't say it. I wasn't going to say that. Amen. Why do you call me husband and not, not listen, not, not, not give, give me heed, not, 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 not huh? <laughs> yeah, there you go, honey. She's getting a revelation. Anyway. And she could say the same thing to me. Why do you call me wife, wife? Now listen when I'm talking to you. How do you ignore me? Right? So the Lord's saying, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not give any heed to anything I say? You, you, you have this casual approach to everything I try to talk to you about. I know you're hearing it. I know that you got, you know, the, your ears are working. Those, whether we're talking uh, these physical ears or these internal ears, you're, because you, you, you have a tendency to talk and say that, you know, I'm talking to you about this, but we give no heed to it. And you move on and not add anything, change anything, adjust anything, follow anything. Now, the Word says that His sheep know His voice. His sheep hear His voice, and His sheep follow His voice. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to be a follower. Amen. Because that's the difference, right? That was the difference. In this whole story, that was the difference, okay? So, but it starts with coming to Him. Now, there's other things I want to bring out about this, because when you come to Him, remember this, that God has never asked any of us to do anything without His help. He isn't asking you to do any of this in your own strength. He's just asking you to hook up, stay connected, and follow Him. So this is the things we've been talking over the last several, probably last several months, actually, you know, talking about God breathing into us, talking about, we even spent a couple weeks talking about grace, that divine influence upon the heart that's reflected in your life. So that's an empowerment, that's strength from above, praise God. God's wanting to empower you to do this. So He's never asking you to do anything in your own power, all right? But He is needing you to come for a visit, to commune with Him, to fellowship with Him, because He's got things to talk to you about. Well, I just don't see the importance, and I just don't see the relevance, because a storm's brewing, and it's out there. And to think that for some odd reason that you're never going to experience some pressure somewhere or another is a deception. So you have to understand it's about laying brick and mortar. So it's worthy of you to connect. Why? So he can say something to you. So he can give you a leading. So he can 
help you with something so he could bring something to your attention. So he can guide you, amen, so that everything that you do is brick upon brick, layer upon layer, amen, one thing after another thing after another thing. And pretty soon one day you look back and realize you've dug deep, you've dug deep and you begin to lay a foundation, praise God. And there now your house goes on that and your house will withstand the pressure, withstand the storm. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, I grew up, like I said, in the Midwest, and uh, we grew up in, in, in uh, uh, Tornado Alley, and uh, we've seen our share of them, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing uh, for the most part to have a home that's built on a foundation. Now, we have a lot of trailer parks, and we're getting less and less of them. Huh? Because, hmm, hmm, tornadoes are not something you want to be living in a trailer when it comes by. Anybody hear me? It's better to have a foundation. Amen. And uh, so, anyway, the point is, you know, um, are, you a, are you living in a trailer? Or are you living in a? You know, stick built with a foundation. Now, I'm just saying, okay? Now, both of them are houses. Don't get me wrong. I know what the story says. But without a, without, without a foundation, when the storm hits, the rain comes and descends, and it begins to flood, and then all of a sudden now it's beating on that house, your house just turned into a mobile home. It's now mobile. Anybody hear me? So I have to ask you, what are you living in? Okay? And all, the only thing that determines the difference, the only thing that determines the difference is doing the things he talks to you about. Just follow him. Okay? Just follow him. Okay? So when he talks to you about your attitude, or he talks to you about your words, or he talks to you about your relationship, or he talks to you uh, about, you know, about forgiving or releasing somebody, or he talks to you uh, about just believing him, pressing through that uncomfortable moment for just a bit to press in for more of him. To, uh, when he just talks to you about these things, be willing to say, yes, sir, and then follow it. Because brick and mortar, brick and mortar, brick and mortar, brick and mortar. Hallelujah. Put, uh, I'm going to jump through a few verses before I let you go here real quick. Put Proverbs 1 up on the board, verse 33. This whole Proverbs 1 is a powerful proverb. I love Proverbs anyway, but, but Proverbs 1, it talks a lot about, you know, really the importance of, of walking in, in the fear of God. And the only thing that determines the fear of God, there's a lot of folks that have ideas and say, well, I love God, that means I have the fear of God. No, fear of God is doing what he says to do. That's how you determine whether you got the fear of God or not. Because if you ain't going to do anything he talks to you about, you don't have the fear of God. You have no reverence toward God. All right? So anyway, it's just that's a whole other sermon. I'll wait on that one. But anyway... Whoever listens, and this word listen here is like one of those words uh, that uh, when we talk about, you know, come and hear, it's talking about 
uh, listening or hearing with an intent to do. Okay? So whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. So in other words, no matter how much the storms try to roll in, you're going to be secure. You're going to be free, amen, from the, uh, you know, you're going to be without, it says here, fear of evil, right? Because no matter what rolls in, what the enemy tries to bring up against you, you're somebody who listens and follows. Are you still with me? Yes. All right. Uh, so uh, let's, uh, let's do, um, um, let's go back now to verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 47 again. Put that up there of Luke. All right. So whoever comes, whoever hears, and what? Does them. Does them. So it's the, the doing of what you hear. So everybody say obedience. Let's put, uh, um, Kathy, let's put, uh, let's see, what did I, I gave you some other verses. I want to put uh, Isaiah, put that one up. Thank you, Isaiah 1. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Right? That literally means the best that the land has to offer, if you're willing and obedient. Okay? It's good to be willing, and it's good to be obedient. Now, you can be obedient and not willing. And that might mess you over a little bit, but it's, it's and a lot of folks that are willing, you know, they talk about they want to, but they don't follow through with it. Come on. And that's where we have a lot of problems, okay? Now, verse 20, please. Put verse 20. But if you refuse and rebel, in other words, you choose not to do it, what happens? You get devoured by the sword uh, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, nobody wants to read verse 20. Nobody likes verse 20. We all like verse, tw- we all like verse 19. Put verse 19 back up. Let's don't go to verse 20. Nobody likes verse 20. But how many know verse 20 manifests if we're not doing verse 19? Anybody hear me? So you got to make a choice, all right? A choice to follow when he leads. Give me another one here. Let's see, what did I give you? The Job, Job 36, Elihu's talking here. Elihu's one of my heroes. One day I get to, uh, get to meet Elihu, and I'm excited about that. Amen, a young man that really put, put Job back in, in check. Amen. And got Job back to where he was headed, where he needed to be, and got things turned around because a young man made a decision to rebuke him when he needed it. And so he makes this statement in some of his discussions with Job. And he says, if they obey and serve him, talking about the Lord, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Amen. Now, I like verse 11. Anybody like verse 11? I like that. That's a great 401k plan right here. This is, that's what it is. This is, this is a 401k plan right here. If you want to have a great, uh, you know, great years of pleasure and prosperity, the way it works is follow him when he leads. Verse 12. But, oh, see, no one likes verse 12. But if they do not, if they don't follow him, what happens? They shall perish by the sword and shall die without knowledge. Now, that's a bummer. In other words, your house is going down the road. Anybody hear me? Uh, again, nobody likes verse 12. I mean, nobody's going to put verse 12 as their refrigerator verse. But you might have verse 11. Well, then you've got to follow him. You gotta, you know, if, you want, if you don't want 12, verse 12 to manifest, then you've got to be willing to do when he leads. Okay? Again, we're talking about the everyday things that God begins to talk to you about. 
All right, let's do something else. Let's do uh, John 4, please. John 4, put that one up there. This is Jesus talking. Talking to a woman at the well. The boy's going to town to get some food. They come back, and Jesus makes a statement, you know, I have food that you know not of. And they're thinking to himself, you know, somebody must have brought him food or whatever. You know, I, you know we went to, you know, Taco Bell and brought back tacos, and, and uh, Jesus must have ate something. Maybe, maybe somebody else brought him something or something. Maybe he got a burger or something from McDonald's or something. I don't know. what. I mean, what's the deal? You know, what, where did he get his food? And he, he explains to him, listen, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Now, the word food here means sustenance. Okay? Now, just again, see this has important brick and mortar, brick and mortar, brick and mortar. Doing what he leads me to do, amen, is what brings sustenance in my life. And if all of if all of that's flowing like it should, then no matter what storm might try to roll in, no matter what kind of floods try to beat on my house, I ain't going anywhere, praise God. Why? Because I'm willing to do what He leads me to do. Still with me? Well, let's try another one then. Let's see what else we got. What else we got up there? How about James, right? Something in James? This is kind of a common one. He who looks into the perfect law. Here he's actually talking about looking into the Word. And to continue in it, right? Not be a forgetful hearer, but a doer, right? Everybody say a doer. doer. A doer of the work. And this one, what? Is blessed in what he does. So the blessing is connected to what he does. I think I might have had, um, let's see here, the message translation there says that you're going to find delight and affirmation in the action. I think, no, that's, that's the message translation. Pardon me. The Amplified then says, uh, to not be a heedless listener, but an active doer, and he shall be blessed in his doing, all right? So now, for whatever it's worth, and I think it's worthy of, of looking at this, well, I'm not going to go there today, but, but Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, verse 2, and also to get up to verse 15, okay, you got the first 15 verses, basically, or 14 verses, it talks about the blessing and then from verse 15 on, it talks about all this curse that can manifest. The only contingency on the blessing and the curse is in following His voice. That's it. That's it. You follow when I talk to you, blessing manifests. When you don't follow when I lead, you open the door for something else. Now, that's our, that's our choice. Then he goes on to say, that's our, he does. He lets it be known. This is your choice. I, you have no excuses. You could say all day long, well, I just didn't know. No, 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 you did know. Because he's not going to talk to you about doing anything that you don't know. He's talking to you about the things you already know. Come on, somebody. And you already heard. Amen. So the blessing is contingent on the doing. Abundant life in John 10 is contingent on the doing. Jesus come, said, I come that you might have life and life more abundant. Before he says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. The whole thing up leading up to that 
is dealing with his sheep, knowing his voice, hearing his voice, following his voice. How do you tap abundant life? Follow. Do when he leads. So when he says, it'd be a good thing for you to let go of that attitude. What do you do? Talk to the hand because the head ain't listening. Brick and mortar, baby. Brick and mortar. So let me tell you something. As it goes downstream, you go, Lord, Lord. Talk to the hand because the head ain't listening. You made the choice. Somebody said, that's so rude. Listen. We're not making none of this up. We're moving now. We're going downstream because we made a choice. And we can avoid that. And we can hopefully pray for a miracle that at least somewhere along down the road, it at least, you know, somehow high centers on something. And, it, and someday maybe somebody can move your house back after you build a foundation. I mean, whatever. But the point is this, okay? It's contingent on doing He who comes to me, hears my sayings, and does them. Yes, amen. Jesus, let it be known, or actually, uh, pardon me, Paul wrote, most, most scholars believe it, Paul wrote Hebrews. I, I, I believe Paul did, but um, there's some, you know, it doesn't necessarily say in the beginning that Paul wrote it, but most agree that Paul probably wrote Hebrews. And... Um, Hebrews brings out, Hebrews 12, talking about the children of Israel, that the difference, that what made the difference between the, the promised land and the wilderness was the doing. And he makes it clear, don't you think that when you reject or ignore what he's talking to you, that that won't happen to you? So we think it's, oh, that's old covenant, we're a new covenant. And because of Old Covenant, uh, King's X, uh, the enemy has no hand on us. But no, if you're not going to listen to God, then you have to understand that you've given place to the enemy. And so now he just ransacks your place. Well, nobody wants that. Nobody's praying for that. Nobody says, you know, Lord... I want my house ransacked today. Nobody's doing that. Well, that's not my desire. Well, I don't doubt it. But if we're not going to ever do the little things that he talks to us about, well, you know, that person, no, no, listen, listen. When God says forgive, is it really worth losing everything? To just keep your point of view? Is it? I'm just saying. I mean, if anything, he says, you know, it's the least you could do because I forgave you. Now, I know some of you weren't scumbags like I was. I was selfish, arrogant, stupid, did lots of dumb things I ain't never going to tell you. 
Okay, I know not everybody's that way. Some of you were probably good little troopers. You probably were great uh, little kids, and you never got in trouble. Probably never been spanked. Never been, you know, uh, you know, served in any kind of uh, jail time or anything like that. Or maybe, maybe you never got a detention. All of the above. My wife says, you know, I'm, I was a dropout because I was kicked out. Twice out of college, okay? Okay, so I understand not everybody's an ordinary cuss. Okay, I get it. I get it. But every one of us are being talked to by the Lord about something in our lives. And to ignore it or reject it or to turn a deaf ear isn't wise because it's brick and mortar. We look at the big picture and think it matters little. We're still concerned about the draperies. What kind of toilet we're going to put in there. What color should we have the bedrooms? Should we put, you know, this kind of shingle on or this kind of shingle? And he's thinking, ain't none of it going to matter. Because you ain't got no foundation. It doesn't matter how pretty it looks when it's going downstream. I've never seen a news report where the reporter said, look at that beautiful home. That is a lovely paint color. And look at the drapes. Wow, even through the windows, those look gorgeous. They just go, whoa. Oh, here comes another one. Whoa. See, we think it's insignificant. God says, ain't nothing I talk to you about that's insignificant. If I'm talking to you about your marriage, then you give heed. If I talk to you about your relationship, you give heed. If I talk to you about your finance, you give heed. If I talk to you about your kids, you give heed. If I talk to you about your health, you give heed. If I talk to you about your attitude, you give heed. Because there is nothing I'm talking to you about that's insignificant. Because it's brick and it's mortar. And that's all I have for you. <laughs> Why don't you all stand up, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I think, um, I know I touched on it, but God has never, again, He's never asked any of us to do any of this that He hasn't offered the ability, the strength, the wisdom, the instruction, the help to do all of this. He just needs somebody to follow, be willing to.
Amen? So, hopefully we're not living in trailer parks. I better rephrase that. I want somebody to get offended at that. But uh, we want to be living in a home that has a foundation. How's that? No matter what type of home it is. Praise the Lord. So, you have to ask yourself. Yeah, that's, that's totally right. Did you hear that? You're just talking about why that's why one storm, people can experience the same storm and somebody be on top, be okay, and the next person, you know, all war, you know, beat up and wore out. and It's sad, but it's the way it works. So, I don't want my folks um, going downstream. I just assume your house always stays put. You know, um, a couple years ago, uh, some tornadoes ripped through the uh, uh, backside of uh, Trudy's brother's place and headed toward her dad's farm. And, uh, of course, we pray over them. And uh, believe God with, you know, about their safety. And uh, it didn't do did very little damage to her brother's place. Um, it jumped over her dad's house, literally jumped over it. She saw it, looked out and saw it overhead. It took about half a dozen neighbors' places. Now, I'm not just saying that we follow God, we hear God, we do we believe, we pray, amen. And when those storms roll around, it doesn't have to destroy your household. It doesn't have to take you out. And these are things that we're talking about that can keep you secure without fear of evil. And no matter what the enemy tries to throw your way, you're protected. Amen? All right. Father, we give you praise and glory once again. We're thankful for the word today. We're thankful for uh, these principles today. Thank you, Lord, that in the house are doers. In the house, praise God, are those that hear and they do. Praise God. They follow you. Hallelujah. Every little thing. Father, forgive us for the times that we didn't, for those times that maybe we just kind of, you know, swept, swept it under the rug, so to speak, kind of maybe turned a deaf ear to it, whatever. Forgive us for those times that we did that. And we know you're faithful and just to forgive. So we, we thank you for that. But, Lord, from here on, we choose, amen, brook and, brook, brick and mortar, praise God. We choose, amen, to do what's right, to follow you no matter what you talk, what you lead, uh, the bidding, the prompting, whatever it may be. Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for an ear to hear it, a heart to receive it, and thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding concerning all of this. And we give you the praise and the glory. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.